Let me tell you a little something about Anchor. This is, of course, where we're hosting this podcast, and the best thing about it is it is free, so it's not costing our church a dime. They have tools right there on the website that I can upload the sermons, I can record a quick little introduction, and put it out there. Anchor distributes everything for me. They've got it on Spotify, they've got it on Apple, they've got it on Google, they've just sent it everywhere. Uh, We're actually able to have no minimum listenership required for us to have some money put in by doing these advertisements that we can put right into the church. So if you want to make a podcast and you're not sure how to get started, just go to anchor.fm and you can also download their free Anchor app and it'll have everything you need to get started right away. So why are you wasting time? Get after it. If you want to start your podcast, anchor.fm is an easy and quick way to get started. Thank you for downloading the Moment of Truth Bible Baptist Church podcast. This is a very special episode. We had a guest speaker, Brother Russell Hyatt. Uh, He's got a sermon here called True Repentance that was preached here April the 11th. Normally, of course, on this podcast, we'd be hearing from our pastor, Philip Kuntz. Uh, He was out of town this week, so we had a very special guest. I'm sure you're going to enjoy it. We all just love Brother Russell. He's just a treat. But of course, we'd love to have you visit us as well. We are over here at 310 Randolph Road in the Kansas City area, right over there at at Claycomo, kind of right across the highway from Worlds of Fun. We're pretty close, not exactly right across the street, but we're in that area. We'd love for you to come and visit us. Of course, Sunday school is at 930 and regular worship service on Sunday mornings is at 11. Come on by and make sure you say hi and let us know that you heard about us here on the podcast. And now here is Brother Russell Hyatt with true repentance. It's good to be with you this morning. As you know, I've had problems with my voice. It's getting better, though, I think, over the, over the months, stronger. But uh, it's so good to be with you guys. I love this church. I love your pastor and uh, Sister Shirley and and, uh, you know, just, you know, my relationship with her and your former pastor. I think about him a lot. But, you know, you've got a good pastor here that's, uh, uh, that's coming along, and uh, we thank God for him. This morning I want to uh, minister, and the title of the message is True Repentance. Now, this uh, sermon is maybe a little different. Uh, I don't know, uh, <clears throat> you're mature Christians, you've probably heard uh, something uh, uh, similar to this before, but it is a little bit of a different take on uh, Peter and on Judas. Now, I even hate to compare those names together because of the great vast difference in the two, but it is a good illustration of what true repentance really is. And uh, so I want to compare the two. Don't misunderstand me. I'm not comparing Peter with, with, uh, with Judas, but I am comparing how they handled their problem. And they both had a problem. One handled it God's way, one didn't. And of course, you know the consequences of that. So in Matthew, the 26th chapter, verse 69 through 75, Peter sat outside in the courtyard. Now, this is when Jesus was being brought before Herod and and Pilate. And uh, a servant girl came to him saying, 
you also, by the way, do you, is it your custom to stand during the, okay, please stand. I'm sorry. Uh, I, I forgot that, if you can. Um, and the girl said, you also were with Jesus of Galilee. And he denied it before them all saying, I do not know what you're saying. And when he had gone out of the gateway, another girl saw him and said to those who were there, this fellow also was with Jesus of Nazareth. But again, he denied <clears throat> with an oath. In other words, he cursed. I do not know the man. A little later, those who stood by came up and said to Peter, surely you also are one of them, for your speech betrays you. They, they could tell he was a Galilean. Then he began to curse and swear, saying, I do not know the man. Immediately the rooster crowed. Now it's interesting that Jesus said that uh, the rooster would uh, crow three times, and uh, <clears throat> and Jesus uh, and Jesus said Peter would deny him. And if you notice, he denied him three times. So <clears throat> Peter remembered the word of Jesus, who had said to him, "Before the rooster crows, you will deny me three times." And so he went out and wept bitterly. Now. I want to move down in chapter 21, in verse uh, 1. And when morning came, all the chief priests and elders of the people plotted against Jesus to put him to death. And when they had bound him, they led him away and delivered him to Pontius Pilate, the governor. Judas, then Judas, his betrayer, seeing that he had been condemned, was remorseful and brought back the 30 pieces of silver to the chief priests and elders saying, I have sinned by betraying innocent blood. And they said, well, what is that to us? You see to it. Then he threw down the pieces of silver in the temple and departed and went out and hanged himself. You may be seated. This could be a negative message if we, if we made it so in our heart. But it can also be a tremendously positive message if we understand that the great teaching here is how to repent, our true repentance. What is the attitude of repentance? And let me just say this before I start. It is not so much what we say when we repent, it's to, it's to how we feel in our heart about it. So now we do need to ask forgiveness. Don't misunderstand what I'm saying. But the attitude of heart is far more important. Here the gospel tells us that two of Jesus' disciples betrayed him at his arrest, Peter and Judas. Can we all agree with that? I mean, Peter even cursed and said, I don't know the man. I don't know him. We don't like to hear that. But if we don't hear, we don't understand the true forgiveness of the Lord and true repentance. Judas also betrayed him. Judas sold out for 30 pieces of silver. His problem was greed. He carried the money bag. It wasn't enough for him to just uh, betray Jesus and, and show them where he was. He needed to be paid for it. And so 30 pieces of silver, what is the price of a slave at that time, was given to him. Judas had some reasons for this in his own mind. Judas belonged to a group 
called the Zealots. His father, Simon, uh, belonged to this group, and he was raised in that, in that, that atmosphere. Judas was a person who wanted to overthrow Rome and the government of Rome, and a lot of people wanted that. But he was trying to figure out a way to get it done. He was trying to get a, a, a group together that would help uh, rebel against the Roman government. He, in his own heart, thought that Jesus would be a good way to get that done because he knew the power of Jesus. He saw he was with the 12 disciples all the time that Jesus did all these miracles and everything. And he saw that and he knew that. Okay, so just a thought. Peter betrayed Jesus out of fear and confusion. But whatever the reasons were, they both betrayed him. And that's what we have to see. Judas had a false expectation of what Jesus Christ come to do. Folks, we need to think about that ourselves. Now, please don't think I'm comparing this with Judas. But there is a thought there. We can betray Jesus' purpose for our life if we're not careful by having our own idea of what Christ wants us to do and why Christ come into our life. Yes, I'm saved. But I'll decide what I want to do. I'll decide where I want to go. We need to understand that. We need to understand that <clears throat> the false expectation of Judas got him in trouble. He thought maybe with all Jesus' power that the Messiah, and I believe he believed that Jesus was the Messiah, but he believed, as the Jews believed, that Jesus was going to come and set up a earthly kingdom and overthrow Rome. That's what he hoped for. That's what he was. He didn't listen to what Jesus was saying. Jesus was telling him different all the time. And the truth of the matter is, the rest of the disciples had some of that problem themselves. Nevertheless, Peter betrayed Jesus also for different reasons. Secondly, we need to understand, both of them betrayed Christ, and both of them regretted it and was sorry. It's hard for us to think about that for Judas. Part of Judas's regret was he saw that he made a mistake that Jesus, the Messiah, was not going to do what he thought he ought to do. And so he regretted that. He was sorry for that. I don't doubt that he loved Jesus. He followed Jesus. But he did not love him with the kind of love that it took to put Jesus first in his life and submit to the Lord's idea of what he wanted to do on this earth and set up a spiritual kingdom. That's what Jesus was saying to them. Peter had some of that in him too because, you know, when they came to get Jesus, he fought, pulled the sword, and hacked off the servant's ear. Why did he do that? He's trying to save Jesus. Had he understood, and, you know, we can identify with that, can't we? If we were there and, and, and we had our own opinion and Peter had some of that in him, we don't want Jesus killed. He's our Savior. He's our Messiah. He's the one that's going to lead us. He's the one that's going to bring Israel up and be a powerful nation again like they were. So I'm going to fight. How many of you know that the arm of the flesh cannot do the will of God? And we need to understand that. <clears throat> Peter was sorry for what he did. Tells you that. And uh, <clears throat> Peter began to weep and, uh, and cry, wept bitterly, the Bible says. 
because of what he had done. Peter remembered the word of Jesus and said to him, Before the rooster crows, you will deny me three times. Oh, he what? Went out and wept bitterly. Jesus knew he, or Peter knew he had done wrong. He knew. And he was sorry for what he did. But Peter took it in his own hand. And the consequences came to him after he had done that. Now you might say, well, that's bad. And it is bad. But it is also good. Because when Peter realized what he had done, he was sorrowful and wept. And I'm going to jump ahead just a little bit and tell you that what Peter did was go to Jesus with it. So it's not so much what you say to the Lord, it's what you do. You pour out your heart to the Lord. You weep bitterly. But the point of it is you go to Jesus with it. Judas, on the other hand, <clears throat> he was sorrowful for what he did. He went and tried to give the money back. He tried to repay the scribes and Pharisees for what he had done. He was sorry for what he did, but how did he handle it? He didn't go to Jesus. He went to the scribes and Pharisees and tried to undo what he did in his own power and his own strength. Can you receive that? You can't say amen. amen. Can you see where I'm going with this? How did he handle it? How did Judas handle it? He didn't go to Jesus for one thing. He went to the scribes and Pharisees and threw the money at their feet. Somebody said, and I have said, that Judas did it for the money. And he did. But he realized too late it wasn't worth it. He didn't just do it for the money. He did it because he had his own idea of what he wanted the Messiah to do and the Messiah didn't do it. He didn't do it that way. And so Judas realized he'd made one big mistake. He said, I've killed an innocent man. And you see, that's what Judas said. Judas said, I've, I've shed innocent blood. What a terrible, terrible thing to realize too late that you have wronged, sinned, and then tried to fix it yourself. How many of us try to do that? How many of us say, I'm going to turn over a new leaf? Well, let me tell you something, folks. You can turn over a new leaf until you run out of book and still have the guilt of sin in your life. You can't fix the problem yourself. No one here can fix their problem. My problem is unfixable by man, and so is yours. So is the world. We see the world out there going to hell in a handcart. We see that. I don't care how much wisdom you've got, man's wisdom, or how much knowledge you've got, we're not going to fix the problem in America on our own. We're not going to fix the problem in our life on our own. We can recognize the problem. We can weep over the problem. We can be sorry about the problem. But we can't fix the problem. I'm amazed at how often uh, our leaders in this country try to fix the problem by doing something about the symptoms instead of doing something about the cause. I don't want to get political here. Maybe I do. <laughs> I don't know. But I can tell you one thing. You're not going to change a man's heart by taking his gun away. You're not going to change a man's heart by making sure that he can't get a hold of a knife. In the first place, that's foolishness anyway. The only one you take that away from is the honest people. But just a statement there, a little rabbit I want to chase. We can't fix the problem. But that's what Judas tried to do. The difference is the heart. 
Judas never really committed his heart to Jesus like Peter did. They both made mistakes. They both blew it. We could blame Judas if we want to, and he needs to be blamed. But what about Peter? What did he do? Isn't it funny how, how bad someone else's sin is? Huh? Yeah. Man, look what that guy did. He did this, and he did what about you? What about me? Do we examine our hearts? How many of you know how much sin it takes to keep you out of heaven? Well, before you're saved, it doesn't take but just one sin to stand between you and God. The fact that you're born a sinner is enough. That separates you from God. Everything you do contrary to the will of God, it just compounds the problem and does never be changed until we go to Jesus. We need to be sorry for our sins, absolutely. We need to grieve over our sins. Both Peter and and Judas did the same thing. But we need to see or understand why this happened. Why did they do that? Well, as I said, Judas wanted to change the things of the world. He did. How many people in America do you think want to change the things that America and change the things in the world around them? How many of the people in America do you think want to run around with a rag over their head all the time? The only benefit I can see to that is me wearing a mask. People don't realize how ugly I am. People would like to change things. People in Washington would like to change things. Listen to me. I believe this with all my heart. There is not a person in politics today that would vote for destroying this country. But there are people up there that have their own opinion of what destroying this country really is. They don't understand it. They don't understand what this nation is built on. And so they make decisions out of the delusion to think that they can solve the problem. And they can't solve the problem. There's no way to solve the problem other than turn to the Lord that our founding fathers turned to when they came to this country and put him first in our life and really mean what it said when it says in God we trust. The only time that the world uses anything about God is when a tornado hits and they don't know how to explain it. An act of God. What do you mean an act of God? There wasn't any such things as that. No man fell into sin and all that stuff come on the earth. Man lived in the Garden of Eden. Well, there was no such thing as that. What do you mean act of God? Just another rabbit. He didn't just go betray Jesus for nothing. He had something in mind, but it, what he had in mind, can you see that, folks? When we reason with the reasoning of the world, we're deceived. We do not understand how we can really help ourselves. I could get real political here, but I'm going to move on for what I do. The Bible says that you cannot love money or the things of this world more than you love Jesus without getting in trouble. The love of money is the root of all evil. Money itself is not the root. It's just an inanimate object. It has no power whatsoever. It's how you use it. The love of it, the greed of it. That's what we face in the world today, folks. The greed of it. Power and authority. What a tragedy it is. He just wanted his plan to be exercised. The truth of the matter is, if you look up what it is to be a zealot, and you look up <clears throat> what Iscariot, how that name really came about, it goes all the way back to the dagger man. Uh, there was an organization among the Jews that 
would secretly kill people uh, to uh, try to overthrow the Roman Roman government, kill Romans. They'd get into a crowd of people, and they could find someone who was a uh, follower of Rome. They'd stick him with a knife and then slip off in the crowd. No one would know it. Called dag dagger men. That was a group back there then. Okay, there's where Judas was in his mind. Judas wanted power. He wanted to see Rome destroyed. For what purpose? To set Rome, to set uh, Israel free. But who is the only one that can set Israel free? The Messiah that he was following. The Messiah that he betrayed. Truth of the matter is, folks, I, you know, I know you're mature Christians. I could, you know, I really enjoyed that Sunday school class because every single solitary person that spoke spoke wisdom. That says something about this church and the leadership of your church. You spoke wisdom. No one got off on some wild panic thing about the Holy Spirit, like falling in the floor and kicking and screaming and carrying on like that. No one said anything like that. Their pinpoint answer was what the Holy Spirit is doing today. That's wisdom. We understand that. The world does not have that kind of knowledge. It doesn't understand that. We shouldn't expect them to understand that. We need to pray for them. He may have thought that he could force Jesus to defend himself, to rise up and take over right then. He was tired waiting on the Messiah to do what he thought he come to do. So he was going to put him in a position of defending himself. He knew that Jesus could raise his hand and, and, and destroy Rome. He knew that. He'd seen that. He knew what Jesus could do. Peter, on the other hand, tried to defend Jesus. See the difference in the heart? Peter tried to defend Jesus. Judas was trying to get him killed. Thought it would raise an uprising among the Jews, or at least cause Jesus to rise up and stop it all and take over. Peter, on the other hand, tried to defend Jesus. Peter's heart was right. His intent was right. But he was wrong because he did not understand what Jesus came to do. Think about that, folks. Do you know that our intentions can be right? Our heart can be right, but the way we handle it our wisdom on how to use it. Peter had a heart for Jesus. He was willing to die for him right on the spot. But that's not what Jesus wanted. He wanted Peter to be alive and preach the gospel of Jesus Christ after Jesus had been crucified. And it had to happen, but Peter didn't understand that regardless of how many times Jesus had told him. We need to understand that. Comes the most difficult part of the counter, and that is repentance. Jesus can and will forgive anyone who will truly repent. Now, I'm going to make a statement here that some may disagree with, but you can be wrong if you want to. <laughs> Could Jesus have forgiven Judas? Well, I don't want to get into a long, drawn-out explanation here. <clears throat> yes, he could have. Yes, he would have. But there was two things about Judas that Jesus couldn't, at that point, do anything about. First of all, the predestination of God. The predestination of God, Jesus knew he was going to do it. But Jesus also knew that he didn't have to do it. Somebody else would have done it. But he knew because Jesus knows everything. He knows what you can do. And he knows what you will do if you listen to him. Does that make any sense to you? Predestination is like this. You go down here to Kansas City. And you buy a ticket on the train to St. Louis, you're predestined to go to St. Louis. But on that train, you have a free will. You could live like the devil on that train. You can get drunk. You can gamble. You can do all the things that you ought not to do and get to St. Louis 
so messed up, you won't know what to do when you get there. And a Christian can do the same thing. Yes, we're going to be on the train, but what kind of condition are we going to be in? What kind of an example are we going to leave? That's where the predestination of God, the free will of man, come together. Look at the way Judas handled it. As I've said, Jesus knew he had sinned. He regretted it. Judas tried to undo what he had done, but he couldn't be done. It was too late. He did not see the consequences until after the damage was done. When he saw what had happened, he didn't want Jesus to die. He loved Jesus in that sense. He liked Jesus, and he knew at that point that Jesus was not going to rise up and take over Rome, and he thought, what have I done? I've wasted this man's life because I had a wrong idea. We need to get into the Word so we can see what God wants done in our life. Mary and I are praying right now about a situation. I retired from the ministry, and the little church I'm in, the pastor just can't go anymore. He can't do it. And he wants me to take over as pastor. And Mary and I are praying earnestly for that. You know, the truth of the matter is, uh, if God does not want me there, I can do nothing to help that church. But if God wants me there, then God could use me to do great things in that church. Do you see what I'm saying? I need to find God's will, not mine. I look at those people and I feel sorry for them and I say, you know, I need to love those people and preach there and take over and help things. But I've got to be careful because I can have too much confidence in Russell and not enough confidence in the Lord. Judas didn't repent. He tried to fix it himself. Judas did not trust Jesus to forgive him either. He took care of his problem by going out and ending his life. He took care of his problem still by the arm of the flesh. He wasn't submitted to Jesus, never was. He liked Jesus, he loved Jesus, he followed Jesus. He went with the 12 disciples, or the, uh, the 11. Peter, on the other hand, came and threw himself at Jesus' feet. Peter was also sorry, and he wept bitterly. Peter remembered the words that Jesus spoke to him. Peter knew he could not fix the problem himself. That's the difference. Basically, I could have summed this sermon up in one sentence, but I didn't want to do it. I like to preach too much. <laughs> <laughs> that's the difference it's the attitude of heart what maybe I shouldn't ask you but what was the difference in Jesus or that Peter's betrayal of Jesus than Judas's betrayal of Jesus they were both sin and he and he, the, the point of it is is not the betrayal as much as it is how they handle it how they handled that betrayal, what they did about it. Judas tried to fix it himself, but Peter fixed it by going to Jesus and let Jesus do it. I'm going to close this message by just simply saying, I hope this message today is to help us understand something. Jesus, if, if, Jesus, if, if Judas had come to Jesus, I believe that Jesus Christ would have forgiven him and Judas would have been all right, even though Jesus was dying on the cross. Because the Bible says, whosoever will come, whosoever will come. There's no way in the world that Jesus Christ would stop a person and send him to hell just because Jesus didn't want to save him, because he was too mean. If you believe that, we're all in trouble. <laughs> Let me tell you. So the point of it is here. Yes, we need to be sorry for our sins. We need to be sorry for what we have done. We need to grieve over that. But at the same time, we need to do what Peter did. We need to come throw ourselves at the feet of Jesus 
and depend on him to save us, to cleanse us, cleanse us from all unrighteousness. And then the Lord Jesus Christ can reach out with his hand, pick us up like he did Peter, walking on the water and send us out to do great things in his name. Father, we thank you for today. We thank you for the word that brings life to us. We ask you, Lord, to just continually bless this church, bless each person here today. We pray for those who are sick. And we pray for the pastor, Lord, that he'll have a good time and a restful time. In the name of Jesus Christ, we pray. Amen.